My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics. Unscripted. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jason with Paramedics Unscripted, and we're here with episode number two. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby. Bobby, welcome in, buddy. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing today? Doing good, man. How about yourself? How are things down there? (laughs) Besides my AC being broken, we're doing good here. Oh, man, that sucks, man, especially in the middle of the summer. Yeah, it's uh, not fun in the Alabama heat here. <laughs> Ooh, because, it, yeah, it's pretty humid down there right now. Oh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's no joke. For two months a year, it's no joke here. Well, yeah, man, I uh, appreciate everybody listening out there. Um, one thing uh, we want to get off the table real quick is, uh, you know, anything you hear us talk about, a lot of it's going to have to do with our experiences, you know, what we've the experiences we've had in the field and – you know, and basically experiences we've had, um, you know, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is, has to do with our opinion and a lot of it's going to have to do with some fact, um, and both, but, uh, we strongly urge you if you disagree with anything we say, or you, you know, basically have questions about what we say, please definitely do your own research. Cause that's what we do to, yeah, you know, exactly. whenever, whenever we don't, understand something or we don't think something sounds quite right we go ahead and we do our own research because that's also how you that's how you learn so yeah Yeah, man too many people in this world don't do that and that's half the problem most of the time so just do your own research don't take what we're saying to heart and uh like we said it's just our opinions on stuff oh yeah you know it's like it's experiences we've had and we personally had you know in the field you know and it, it could completely you'd be completely different from anybody else's experience who's who's also in this line of work Absolutely. Been in this line of work. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Hey man, let's start off by getting kind of introducing everybody or introducing us to everybody. Um, so let's get into Bobby. Why don't you go ahead and start and uh, how you got into EMS in the beginning of your career? Oh man, that's, that's kind of a weird one. Um, yeah, about shit, almost 30 years ago, kind of got into it by accident. I started out, um, trying to become a cop and, uh, it didn't work out quite the way I wanted it to work out. And I just kind of, fell into the fire and EMS realm and uh, it just had its meat hooks in me ever since then. And it's been, that's the way it's been for over half my life now. That's cause you're old. Nah, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That man. Is true, brother. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I started uh, actually when I was in co- college, um, went down to visit a buddy at Virginia tech uh, rescue squad, or he was at Virginia tech college and, uh, he was on the rescue squad there. Shout out to Dan. And uh, he took me to the squad and just gave me like a station tour or whatever. And then eventually we went into the ambulance and he gave me a tour of what an ambulance is like. And, um, he, you know, told me all this different stuff about it, whatever. And then we left and did whatever, you know, college kids do on a weekend. And uh, a few days later, we went back to the firehouse or the uh, rescue squad there because we had to get something. And he was asking me questions about all the stuff he told me about while we were in the ambulance, the names of different devices and equipment and stuff like that. And I just rattled them all back to him. Like didn't miss a beat. Like I picked up every single thing he told me. And he was like, man, I haven't, yeah, I've known you for a long time. I've never seen you pay attention this much to anything in your life. 
And he, and that was kind of like what set off the lights in my mind that, Hey, maybe this is something, something I should pursue. And that's how I eventually then got into EMS after that, after I got out of college. Right. And, you know, and that's, that's basically, you know, pretty much, you know, I was in college at the time and, uh, you know, in college, you know, I was actually studying, you know, uh, uh, criminal justice at the time. That was, that's what I, I thought of, you know, I had, you know, dreams of going in the DEA or, you know, some federal agency like that. And, uh, you know, it kind of life kicks in and it just kind of did a, just kind of went a, a different way and a different path. And, uh, you know, I look back now and I'm like, I thank God it did. Yeah. Same you know, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I've got nothing but, I've got nothing but respect, you know, for law enforcement officers. Cause I mean, you, as you know, Jason, I mean, we, we worked with them all the time, you know, and some of the, some of the best men and women I've ever met, you know, but it just, it just kind of worked out this way. And, you know, it just wasn't my path. And like I said, I thank God it went the way it did. Yeah. Same thing for me. Cause I, same thing as you said, I was actually at a uh, at WVU. I was at a criminal justice major myself. And, uh, after I started getting into it, I really enjoyed and everything, but after I started learning that, you know, the, the job isn't exactly what you think it is, you know, kind of with fire rescue, same sort of thing. The job is really fun, but there's a lot of paperwork behind the scenes and stuff like that. Well, with the law enforcement stuff that kind of pushed me away from it a little bit. And I was like, all right, let me see. And then that's when I went down to Virginia tech and fell in love with EMS and started that and worked there ever since until I retired, of course. So that's cool. That's cool that we both started similar paths. That's interesting. Damn, man. You said, you said I'm old. Damn, you're already retired. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? All right. Well, let's go into, uh, uh, let's talk about where we met then to start that off. You want us to take that okay. or you want me to take it? Oh, go ahead, man. All right. Well, we, uh, at the time, uh, you had a different job and then we're working uh, part-time at a private ambulance service. And uh, I was working part-time. At, I was working full-time at that private ambulance service. And that's where we met. And I think you said it was uh, a year after 9-11. Is that right? Yeah, to the day. I was, uh, see, I, was, uh, I was married at the time to my first wife. And uh, yeah, it was like literally 9-11-2002. Because I, uh, you know, I was, you know, as, as a lot of people who are familiar with this line of work, whether it's, you know, fire and rescue, you know, or EMS, you know, you have a, a lot of, I can't speak for all places, but you have a lot of, a lot of agencies and departments that, you know, you have the beauty of having a great shift where, you know, you work, a lot of places will work, you know, 24 on 48 hours off, or they'll work, you know, 48 hours on and 96 hours off, you know, shifts like that to where it, it, you know, you have a lot of time in between shifts to where if you want to pick up extra work somewhere, you you have the luxury to do it, you know? That's if you don't have like, you know, six kids and, you know, <laughs> and, and whatnot, but uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, you know, you, you have the luxury of, you know, spread it out. Like, you know, and a lot of us would spread it out to like, you know, private, you know, EMS agencies, you know, to, to make extra money. And that's, you know, that's where Jason and I met. We, uh, yeah, it was, it was 9-11, 2002, exactly a year after 9-11. Yeah. And actually for me, uh, obviously I was working there full time and private ambulance gave me a lot of, uh, like expertise that actually helped me as I was a, I was a volunteer, uh, you know, in the fire department volunteer and EMS and stuff when I did that, but it also gave me another, like you got to see the other side of EMS. Cause there's a lot of stuff in the hospital setting and interfacility transport stuff that you don't see as a 911 provider. So it actually makes you a little bit more well-rounded. And later in my career as a paramedic, uh, it actually 
really helped me in different situations where I knew how to do different things that other people were like, how do you know how to do that? And I was like, oh, because I've been doing this for a long time at other agencies, you know, that don't just specialize in the 911 quick, get them to the hospital kind of idea. Right. And which is, you know, there's just different aspects of the business to where, you know, whether it's you have strict 911 or you'll have like interfacility private ambulance service, which, you know, you get, you know, a different different vibe you get a you know and just a different experience of you know each one and which i think is i mean i can't speak for anybody else but it sure helped you know shape me as far as those different types of experiences in like you know different areas of ems yeah and let's let's take this because uh, i don't know if we actually talked about this before but just for the for the general public that's listening that may not be in the paramedic field or in the fire rescue field or whatever there are basically like we just said there's two kinds of uh EMS systems, really, the basic two kinds. There's the 911 stuff where you, you call 911, they're in a firehouse or they're in a station or whatever, and they get dispatched to come help you. That's one system. And the other system, like we were talking about, is the interfacility system. So when you have someone that's, that's at a hospital, and then for whatever reason, they need to go to a different hospital um, to get different types of care that maybe they can't get at the hospital or the facility they're at, they will sometimes, obviously, they can fly them out by helicopter if it's super serious, or if they're not as serious, they can go by a ground unit, or maybe the chopper is grounded because of weather or something. They need to send them by a ground unit. So that's kind of the work we're talking about with interfacility. A lot of people don't understand that. Um, they're still, all those ambulances are still certified the exact same. So it's no difference in the training level of any of them. It just depends on, like you said, what genre you want to work in under the EMS umbrella. Well, I think that that kind of leads a, a segue into a, a good topic, too, as far as I think a lot of people that aren't familiar with this line of work don't, you know, have as much of an understanding as as, as a lot of people do. Like, for instance, uh, a lot of people think that, you know, when it comes to, you know, emergency medical services that, you know, it's like, you know, the old I'm not saying everybody still thinks that there's a lot of people out there that just think, oh, don't you just throw them in the back of the ambulance and just like haul ass down the road, you know, lights and sirens, like, no, that's, that's not the way it is anymore. Yeah. In the sixties. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I think, uh, I think a good thing to kind of hit on is, you know, there are different levels. Like you'll have, which we call basic life support, which is what a lot of people know as EMTs, which, you know, EMTs are awesome because it's, if it wasn't for the, you know, if it wasn't for your EMTs, you know, a lot of paramedics, you know, would be in a shit storm because, a lot of times that's who saves paramedics asses are the EMTs. Oh yeah. When I, yeah. when I, yeah, when I was a paramedic on a truck, um, my EMT was like, they ran, you know, even though I'm running the show, so to speak, they're really running the show behind the scenes. Cause they're, if you have a good partner as an EMT and you teach them everything you need to teach them and they kind of get on the same vibe with you, that's invaluable. Oh yeah. And, and I think it's important for people to know it's, uh, it's just, they're at least when we're talking strictly, you know, EMTs and paramedics. The difference is, is you know, EMTs consider basic life support, um, which you know, it's a certain level to where it's uh, just a. I don't want to say basic level of care because that's the wrong way to put it, but it's 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 a, it's the level of care that is. You know, what would you say, Jason? Well, it's uh, it's like it's like you got your bandaging, your trauma, your splinting, your oxygen, uh, those kind of treatments, uh, and you can do AEDs as well. Um, so you kind of right. have that real basic level of everything. They're kind of a, a jack of all trades in that lower uh, echelon there. Um, and and then, you're, you're limited. You're limited to a certain amount of of what you can do. And then when you go to the paramedic level, that's when you're injured. You know, that's when the you know, which is considered advanced life 
you know, advanced life support, which then you're talking about electrical therapy. You're talking about pharmacology. You're talking about, you know, IV therapy, IV therapy, so many other, you know, basically avenues to go through as far as life support, you know, which, but the important thing is whether you're an EMT or you're a paramedic, no matter what level of care you're giving, all of it is important. Yeah, absolutely. There is no, you know, there is no, uh, you know, I know there's, there's a lot of, and I hate to put it this way. There's a lot of uh, asshole paramedics out there that, um, you know, kind of look down on like, you know, anybody that they see below them. But I mean, that's just all BS. I mean, it, it, you know, anybody that looks at it that way shouldn't be in the business in my opinion. Yeah. I was never you like know? that. I, and I used to, in fact, I used to tell my partners cause you know, obviously in EMS, you go through 911 calls and, and, and sometimes the trucks get a uh, kind of messed up during the call. If it's, you know, a trauma, you might have blood everywhere or vomit or whatever else. And of course the driver who is the EMT, um, normally you go in the hospital, you drop off the patient, the medics start, you know, doing their, uh, patient care report. You're gathering some of that ALS supply stuff that only you can get, you know, only you have codes to get that kind of stuff for the computer systems. And the driver goes outside after they make the cotton on decon it and everything, they got to decon the whole unit, clean it up, resupply all those basic supplies. And I would always tell them the same thing. I'd like, I'd come out there with them once I was done with my part, if, if it's like a really bad call and I'd start helping them do stuff. Like I'm grabbing a mop and doing all that stuff. And they would, a lot of times they'd look at me like, well, you're going to help. And I was like, yeah, man, any job I have, you do, I can do too. And I've done it before, you know? And I think that makes for a good team experience. Right. No. And, it, and, and that, that's absolutely correct. And like, all I was trying to say from the beginning was just, you know, EMTs can go to a certain, you know, they, they can practice, you know, basically they're limited to a certain amount before, you know, you need ALS care, but in the, you know, grand scheme of things, it is all important. Everybody who's part of the team is just as important as the other. And I think that's not stressed enough. And that needs to be, you know, that needs to be, you know, said more because, you know, it's just, it, 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 if you don't have a good team, you know, what do you got? Yeah. And I, I mean, and that's true too, because to be a good paramedic, you need to be a good EMT to begin with. Um, Cause you right. really have to know, like a lot of people don't understand when you're on, when you're to the medic level on a truck, like, you know, an ambulance or whatever, you got to know everything on that truck, how every single piece of equipment works, how every, you know, how to do every single possible thing you could possibly have to do on that truck where the EMT is very, might be very limited and they may not know all that ALS stuff because they haven't gone through the training to be fair, but you have to know how to do all that. And also I would assume you can agree with me here that. Wait a minute. Wait. What? And, and, and for our listeners, what does ALS stand for again? Advanced life support. Sorry about that. but uh but no like um i think you'd agree too that probably i don't know 75 percent of your als calls really could be run as a basic call like i mean just because a lot of times just because you add an iv or you put them on a cardiac monitor that can make it als but you don't actually need that sometimes you know what i'm saying so that's where the ems and the emt background really comes into play you know because if you have a strong emt a lot of them you can they can handle a lot of that stuff more than you think they can Absolutely. And then, in, you know, as, as a majority of every paramedic will tell you, it's if, you know, if you don't have that solid, that solid foundation of being an EMT first before you, you know, you move up to that level, you know, you need that foundation, you know, you need that, you know, well, and, and if, if you want to, you know, no, you need that foundation to, you know, to, you know, to basically fall back on if need be, because, you know, I think a lot of, no, I'm not going to say a lot, but there's providers, advanced life support providers that, you know, forget that they, they forget that, you know, 
you know, because the way I've always looked at it is you have your foundation, you know, you, you have your basic life support foundation and all of your advanced life support is basically just an extension of that. It's just another arm of that. Yep. And, and, um, but you never forget, you know, where your foundation or your home base is, you know, any, any advanced skill you have is just a sidearm of that foundation that you just, you know, you draw from. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, I wanted to touch on something you mentioned early on in your in when you were talking earlier. Um, you were talking about the the various shifts that that EMS providers can work, uh, obviously at various counties and you know federal jobs and private ambulance, whatever. There's various shifts, and that's yeah, actually yeah. yeah, that's actually one of the most alluring things to our field. That in like fire department, same kind of idea. Um, so, do you want to touch that, or you want me to start it off? Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people are interested in because I know when I worked, um, you know, at a career job, nine one one, we did uh, twenty four on, twenty four off, twenty four on, twenty four off, twenty four on, four days off. That was our schedule, um, and a lot of people, when they hear that, they're like, "Wow, you know, oh my gosh, you only work ten to eleven days a, a month in a month, you know, depending on how the calendar month falls or whatever," um, and that doesn't sound like a lot. But like my wife used to say, yeah, you only work 10 to 11 days a month, but the days off in between you're crashing at home because you're literally on duty for 24 hours. So yes, we do get to sleep at a firehouse when you're on shift for a 24, but that doesn't mean you get to sleep if you get my drift. Oh, absolutely. You know, or, or the, the, you know, at least family members of mine would ask me all the time. It's like, so you, you work, well, at the time I was working 48 hour shifts. Okay. So With, 48 you know, straight? 48 straight, oh, 48 cool. hours on and, and then 96 hours off, you know, and a lot of people, you know, that's a great, in my opinion, it's a great shift. I mean, if it's busy, 48 hours is a long ass time, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but of course, you know, I have family members or, or friends that they're like, you were 40, do you have, do you get to sleep in that? It's like, well, yeah. You know, the way I explain it to them, it's like, uh, imagine a firehouse or station, imagine it, imagine you being in your own home. Cause that's, ba- you're, that's your home while you're there. You know, imagine being in your own home. And doing what you would normally do while you're at home, except you're just, you know, if you have bells or, you know, a computer tone that goes off, you know, when an emergency call goes through, then you're just, you respond, you get the address and you respond, you find out what you're responding to and you respond. You know, it's, it's basically like that. You're doing what you would do normally at your house, but the only difference is you're prepared to respond to an emergency. Well, that's it. You know, you're, you're, you're cooking. You're, you know, you're, you're doing, uh, chores, you're, uh, you're training, you know, you know, if you have downtime, you're on the computer, you know, you're playing video games, whatever it is that you want to do, you're working out, you know, you're sleeping, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I would always have to answer the question. It's like, yeah, if there's not, if it's the middle of the night and there's nothing going on, everybody's sleeping. Right. But when, when you, you get just, that 3am tones going off, you're out the door yeah. in like, you know, 30 seconds going to a call. Well, everybody else that has like normal nine to five jobs is still, you know, zonked out somewhere. Oh yeah. And, and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's basically just, you know, when you're not at home, that is your home. The only difference is, you know, you're with your second family and you're just, you know, prepared to respond. Yeah. And most of those departments too, that a lot of people don't understand too is, uh, and obviously it varies somewhat, but most places um, you don't have like house cleaning staff or like, you know, janitorial staff that's coming in and cleaning your building. Like you are the janitorial staff. So, oh, yeah. so you got to clean that bathroom every shift. You got to, you know, mop the floors, you got to vacuum, you got to take out the trash. Like there's no one that's coming to do that. So depending just on, like, just how, like yeah. You, yeah, just like you would at your own house, 
unless you're bougie and you have a housekeeper. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. Bougie. <laughs> no, but that that's that's what I mean. That's exactly that's exactly it. You're doing everything you normally do at your at your your personal home at work. Yeah. You know, you're you're, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're shopping because you're going to the grocery store. You know. Um, you know, except you just have a bigger family to cook for in most places, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's the best way I've explained it to people that don't understand. Cause there's a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine, you know, and family members that like, they hear that I work, you know, like I said, 48 hours or I, the 48 hour shift I had in the past. And they just assume that, Oh my gosh, you're up for two days straight. I'm like, no, 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 that's not, yeah, no one would be doing the that. way it works. Yeah. That would not then, be safe. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and that's, that's the thing now. That being said, if say I run 30 calls in that 48 hour period, that's a, that's a lot of road time. That's, that's a lot of no sleep. That's a lot of, that's a lot of coffee, man. Oh yeah. Oh, I've had, I mean, I had yeah. shifts when, when my, in my position where we did 24 ons and I would run 20, 20, 20 or 21 calls in a 24 hour shift. That's a rough day. And I'm not saying yeah. we ran transports all the time. So I'm going to get place and service, stuff like that. But that's pretty much you're going to go home and crash the next day for eight hours. I mean, that's for, there's not getting around that. For our listeners, what's a transport? Uh, a transport would be anything from a scene. You, you're, for nine one, it's going to be from a scene to a facility, facility like the ER. Or no, I'm just. No, that's you know, cool, man. Yeah, you're right because we got to we got to break this down. Um, this is our first episode, so we're trying to enlighten everybody to the term and to the terms and the terminology that we're using and what we're saying, so you don't get lost in here. And for some of you veterans out there, just you can ignore this stuff. You already know this stuff. Yeah, because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, because we have a tendency to get lost in our own, you know, jargon, which is kind of a, you know, our own language in itself. And, you know, we, we forget that, hey, wait a minute, someone might not know what that is. Yeah, you know, it's listening. They might not know what that means. Yeah, because EMS yeah. Is, a, is a great field to get into. So, you know, this, I mean, if you're thinking about if you're someone out there who isn't a medic or isn't an EMT, but think about getting this field, it's a great field to get into. Um, but we're just trying to break it down and kind of let you know everything that goes on inside there and we'll do it every episode. We'll kind of touch base on certain things to keep everybody educated. Oh yeah. And I mean, and, uh, it's like you, like you hit it, Jason. Uh, it's a great field. Um, especially, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I think aside from, you know, helping people, obviously, you know, and I think, uh, I don't really know anybody in this, this business that, you know, doesn't like to help somebody, you know, cause let's be honest in this line of work, you're going to see people in their most vulnerable, you know, the most vulnerable that, you know, you would ever see them, you know, and most vulnerable in certain situations. And, um, you know, it's a great line of work to get into if you, if you love helping people, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, there's some people that, you know, get in this line of work, you know, for other reasons, but, uh, I think the, the main ingredient, most people can say how they got into this, this line of work is they, whether it's fire or EMS, they love helping people and they love that camaraderie that, that goes along with working in this type of atmosphere. Exactly. Like the brotherhood, the sisterhood, yeah. you're not getting oh, in, yeah. you're not getting into EMS for the money. Everybody kind of knows that it's like, it's like teachers and police officers and those kind of positions. You're, you're not paid what you're really worth in society. Um, but it is a, what I used to refer to as a thankless job, to be honest. And that's something else you have to get used to kind of like what you were touching base with base with. If you're looking for a type of job where every time you run a call, people are going to be like applauding you and there's going to be like a whole red carpet rolled out. EMS is not like that, <laughs> at least in my no, experience, it, you know, you mean, you'll oh, get yeah. thank yous from the patient and stuff like that, but it's, it's a different type of job. Cause you, you, you treat these patients for, 
I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever, till you get him to the ER, and then that's it. You half the time don't even know what happened to him afterwards. You know what I mean? Well, plus this this might sound bad, especially to people in this line of work who want to make more money, which which I totally understand. But I think a, a buddy of mine put it to me like a number of years ago where he said, you know what? He said, you know, there's, there's also a, a positive side why, you know, the money isn't as great as it should be. You know, think about if the money was, say, ridiculous in this type of work, like ridiculously, you know, just huge. I mean, would you get the same quality of people wanting to do the job or would you just have people doing the job for the money? You know, is that the, yeah, is that the type of person you... Is that the type of person you want responding at two o'clock in the morning to your to your to your parents' house, you know, to, to try to you know resuscitate them or you know or whatnot, you know? Well, I know. yeah, I, it's funny you said yeah. that because uh, in my career, I used to talk to our our chiefs and stuff about that. I was like, hey, think about it this way: Who do you want coming to your house when you're having a heart attack, or your family member, God forbid, is having a heart attack? Do you want me coming to your house who like sweats EMS, you know? is a baller in EMS, loves everything about EMS, or do you want the guy who likes fire, let's say, and got, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but he likes, he got his EMS stuff to advance in the fire side more. Who, right. do, who do you want to come into your house? You know, and that's like you said, and if you had it versus now you have, you know, everybody's making, you know, all this money doing EMS, those people that might be doing it just for the monetary gain versus the actually helping people gain and what we're really there for. Exactly. You know, and um, you know, cause, and I think, and this is, you know, that being said, I think that's why, I mean, you know, there might be people out there, especially, you know, in the business that will disagree with me on this, but I think that's why when it comes to, and I'm not saying all volunteer components, I'm saying a lot, a majority of volunteer components, a lot of people get into this line of work, they start out volunteering in their community, they start out, you know, or yeah, their city, you know, their county, they start, vol- they start out volunteering, you know, because when you first start out in this, that's one of the only ways you can really gain experience. And that's the benefit of having like volunteer fire departments and rescue squads and whatnot, because, you know, aside, because in a lot of these cities and counties, it is so hard to get a paid career job, you know, because they're so competitive, you know, and then you go into some rural areas and there's not as many as there should be. But, you know, so in a lot of these rural areas depend on the volunteer component of, of fire and EMS, you know, these people that are doing it for free, they're not getting paid because they're doing it because they love it and they love helping people and they love that camaraderie Yeah, and, that, and helping to the me, community too. Right. And to me, that shows a lot. I mean, that doesn't mean that you don't have, you know, your bad seeds, if you will, you know, and volunteer fire departments or whatnot. I mean, that just like anywhere else, you know, you're going to have people that probably shouldn't be there, <laughs> but, for the most part, you have people there doing it because they love doing it. They love helping people. In a lot of aspects, they're they're paying for their own licenses. Yeah, that's you true. Know? And and volunteering their time because they love helping people. And to me, when it comes to like volunteering, that's that's a plus. I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, they're they're you know opinions vary on that subject, but I mean, I think uh, you know that shows a lot you know, in a human being, it's like, I'm volunteering their time. They're doing this for free because they love it and they love helping their community. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I did it. I did 10 years volunteering. So, I mean, that's, you know, yeah. aside as also working in EMS, I also spent my off time volunteering to do the other, you know, like if I was doing private transport as a career, I would do the volunteering 911 kind of thing to get best of both worlds. You know what I mean? And this is it's right. like kind of like going off piggybacking off of what you said. This is one of the only fields EMS 
uh, and fire um, is one of the only fields really where you can do the same job as the paid people, so to speak, but right. be a volunteer. I mean, think about that. There's not like really, there's not really like volunteer lawyers and stuff. And I guess there kind of is, they're doing like pro bono and stuff like that, but really there's not careers where, you know, you don't see police officers driving around and then they're, you know, f- full, like get up like police officers. And then they're actually just volunteers. You don't see that very often. I'm sure there are some exceptions, but this is like one of the fields where you don't have, like, like you said, it's competitive to get the job. Well, in the meantime, while you're waiting for that to happen and you get your chance, you can gain all that experience and really learn the stuff so that when you get the field, you're, you're kind of like on par with everybody else to begin with. Oh yeah. You know, it, it, you know, it's, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for the volunteer side of things, you know, a lot of people wouldn't gain experience when they start out, you know, that's the best way to gain experience when you start out. Um, you know, you can't really do that for like, say a law enforcement side, except, you know, law enforcement has a lot of ride along, you know, people that ride along on, you know, shifts to see what it's like, but they, they're not really actually doing the job until they actually get on with the department paid. Right. Cause you'll you have know, those like, ones that do like, you'll, that's what I was kind of referring to. You'll have police departments that have volunteer officers, but a lot of them are doing like, um, crossing guards, that kind of like that, it more administration, police officer stuff, letting out, you know, maybe blocking the road while like churches let out or something like that. Those kind of jobs they can dispatch to those kind of units to take the stress off the ones that are running the 911 calls and the non-emergency calls, you know? Right. You know, that's, you know, that's, uh, like I said, I can't express enough how important, you know, when you're starting out, how having a volunteer, you know, component of certain fire fire departments and, and, and rescue departments, just to gain experience that is, you know, I can't explain enough how important that is and how grateful I, I am, you know, for having that, you know, when I started off, you know, on this path. Well, it's also a great way for people, you know, to the new listeners out there who are maybe considering this as a field EMS fire. Um, it's also a great way to see if you actually like it before you go ahead and commit all those hours and, you know, all that time you're going to, you're going to do at the firehouse and all that stuff. You can kind of see how you like it before you go in there and pay for all that training and, or maybe get it all paid for you, whatever your setup is. Oh yeah. You know, and, uh, you, you get a taste, you know, you get a taste of what is, what it's going to be and what you have to do and, you know, whether you're going to like it or not. And that's important. Yeah. And that's a shocking thing when you're a, when you're a, for lack of better term, like a common citizen and you join the fire department and then you get, you take some, you know, some real basic classes usually to start, and, uh, and then you get on the truck and you're more of an observer at that point. Cause you haven't maybe finished your EMT class or something like that. Um, it's right. yeah, you, you, you are thrown into it. Like you'll, you know, your first call could be anything you can imagine, or it could be something really dumb, but it could be really, really cool call. And it just starts from there, you know? Right. And that, you know, and I think you hit it when you just said you, you're talking about training there for a second, you know, and that also needs to be, uh, you know, for some, for the listeners out there who, who aren't familiar with like, you know, the length of training or how long it takes to get, you know, certain licenses or certifications, um, you know, and it also depends on, you know, you know, certain jurisdictions or certain counties or certain cities or where you're, you're getting your certifications or licenses and how long it's going to take you. Right. Like state like, certs versus national registry, that kind of stuff. Sure. Like, uh, and that's, um, and that, like for instance, like on from the uh, you know basic life support or EMT level, you know some places that you know you can you can get in six months. Yep. You know some places it might take you a year. Yeah, some places you can even oh. do like three months. It it honestly depends yeah. on how often your class is meeting. If you're going to right. one where it's like just once a week, yeah, that might take you six months or something like that. 
But if you're doing right. one that's like twice a week and maybe some Saturdays in there, you might be able to knock it out in three months. It really is about the hours of the class. And then, you know, and in some programs, if you really want to do it, you can do some programs where you can go to like community colleges and take it, like you said, it might last you a year or whatever it takes, but then you actually can get credit towards an associate's degree. You can actually Correct. kind of turn that into it. And then what about a uh, paramedic um, training? Uh, yeah. And that all depends on, that's the same thing. It depends on, you know, when you, when you go from EMT and you're going for your paramedic uh, after that, you know, some places you could, if, if you go, you know, balls to the wall, I mean, you could get it done in six, seven months. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's, 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 that's going, that's, that's like full time, full speed ahead, hundred percent. You know, that's, that's your main focus, you know, or, you know, it could take you two years, right. You know, it all depends on if you're taking it, you know, from uh, like some places like, you know, colleges offer it, you know, community colleges offer it. Um, some departments have their own programs that are accelerated because, you know, if, if you say you were hired on to a certain department, that is your job until you get that license. Right. You know, which means you're in school every day, at least five days a week, you know, until you're done. Well, and, let, and let's be clear too. It's uh, not actually usually a license. It's usually a certificate. It's a certification. Yeah, and which is a, a bone to pick with uh, most paramedics in the business because, you know, as sure. we all know, uh, nurses are licensed, of course. Um, paramedics are not. We are certified to be paramedics. But, but if you think about it, and we'll get into this in future episodes. Except in, but, except in Maryland. In Maryland, <laughs> you, have, you have a license. See, that's cool. See, and that, that's, to me, that's the right way to do it because in an, an emergency medical setting, in a field setting, not, not in a hospital setting, in a field setting, um, I, in my opinion, paramedics can run circles around the nurses. Um, and likewise in hospital setting, it can be reversed. Oh man, you're going to piss off a lot. Of hey man, hey, we're keeping it real here. And that's my opinion. <laughs> you know, you don't like it. Fuck off. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm just joking. But like, again, this is only our opinion. Yeah. It's just our opinion, but I but mean, it's a strong one, but, it, but that's how I feel about it because you know, as a, as a medic, you know, we have what they call standing protocols, which are, which are basically your, you have a set of protocols you're, you're, you're licensed, you're, you're approved, whatever, to, to go ahead and do those protocols. And as long as you follow your protocols, depending on, again, it all depends on what state you're in and where you're at and all the stuff. You don't have to call the doctor and ask for questions or permissions to do stuff. You're already pre-approved to do all these things. Whereas in a hospital setting, you may not have that same, same thing, or you have a nurse where they have to ask the doctor different steps and get approval, whether that be verbally or, or through like a, a, a computer system or whatever, but they may have to get permission to do stuff. Whereas we just do it. And then, you know, we have our standing protocols and we follow those protocols. So it's a little, I'm not saying anything bad on nurses. It's just a totally different system, but it is weird that to me that licensed nurses are licensed and, and in paramedics, I guess, other than the state of Maryland, um, a lot of them are certified and it just, it, I think that's part of what gets us looked down upon sometimes. And, you know, uh, and also probably affects our uh, pay. Sure. And, and that I'm not, we, we still love all, all our great RNs and LPNs out there. Yeah, that was just um, a, that was just a shout out to the nurses that think they're better than paramedics. <laughs> and, you know what Jason said? It just, it's it's a it's you know there's it, a lot of people won't really admit to it, but there's there's a there's kind of a rivalry that's been going on for a long time between between the two. So, um, and what he said is very true. You know, um, you know, there's, and I'm not speaking for all nurses and all paramedics out there, but there's a lot, there's, there's kind of a rivalry, you know, between the two there has been for a long time. Yeah. I, I mean, so. in my career, I definitely had it out with some and, but those were like more the minority, you know what I mean? Like, and it I varies would say, by the provider, it varies yeah. by the person that's the provider. Oh, know, absolutely. 
because there's there's you know from both sides from both groups you know there's it, it all depends on you know it's all relative you know it all depends on the the individual and it kind of goes with what you said before because I have, a, you know, 95% of the people in the nursing nursing and doctor fields that you talk to are very cool and they get along with you and it's awesome. And that actually makes it, to me, a better patient care experience for the, for the patient and for the whole system. And so I'm not talking about everybody's like that. There are just some that, you know, you kind of like, oh, okay, you know? <laughs> right. But yeah, oh, it's absolutely. In- interesting, interesting, you know? So um, now let's talk about... Uh, or do you have anything else before we skip nah, like, another problem? No, nah, I just uh, like, you know, this being the second episode of Paramedics Unscripted, you know, we thought we would just kind of take this, this. That's right. <laughs> we thought we'd, we'd just take this time to, you know, go over some things, you know, like we have the past 45 minutes, you know, you know, certain things that people might not know about or when it comes to the education or what we do or you know, how we do things. And, uh, and we apologize to the people that are in the field that, you know, this is like, Oh my gosh, why do I have to hear this shit that I already know? You know, we're just for listeners that don't know, that's why we thought we would go over some of these topics right in the beginning. Yeah. And actually that's a good, um, you just reminded me of something when you were talking earlier about the training. Um, and I kind of hinted on this with the EMS or excuse me, with the EMTB part as a paramedic. Um, one of the choices you have, hold on a second, hold on a second. What is an EMTB? Emergency technician dash basic. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> or, or, people, or people some, out there that might not know that. Or as some know. ALS providers refer to them, empty my trash can, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Just joking. But um, no, some of the paramedic um, programs, like at the community college levels, they'll actually offer, you know, there'll be a two-year course and you'll get your paramedic cert at the end or whatever. But that also gets you not only the associate's degree, but for, for me, for instance, I, I, I have a bachelor's degree um, and I got credit at, because I was a paramedic and I did not take it at a community college. I took it in one of the express courses where they, they shove it into like a six month course or a year course or whatever. Um, Wait a minute. So that's what happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> totally but they actually, my, my four year college actually gave me two years worth of credit because of the paramedic program, which is really cool. So something you're doing on the side, like you have your regular job, you're not an EMS yet, but you're maybe a volunteer and you're taking this course, you know, one day a week, two days a week, whatever it is at night, you know, maybe cause you have the other stuff going on when you're done with it, it can all, it can give you an associate's degree from the community college. If that's the avenue you want to go and just get that, or you can even do that and then apply that later towards a master, I mean, um, a bachelor's program, you know what I mean? And turn it into a four-year degree later, which is kind of nice. And it saves you some cash because you know, obviously at a community college, you're going to pay less than a four-year degree somewhere else at a real university. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So just something to think about for people. It's like, it's got a, that cool, uh, cool little thing there. Cause I was surprised. They were like, Oh, you're a paramedic. Oh, we're going to give you two years worth of stuff. I'm like, Oh wow, that's awesome. And that when you're going to a college, you're like, Oh, that just knocked out a whole bunch of credits. You know what I mean? So, cause they Absolutely. take that as job experience and they understand that kind of the different stuff we do. So that's kind of cool. All right, let's talk about, this is a, uh, cause we're kind of doing this all encompassing um, let's talk about the, uh, unfortunate side of EMS just to keep it real and everything. We kind of, were talking about this earlier before the podcast was recorded, but, uh, talking about burnout in the business, oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately is all too true in this business. Well, I think not only burnout, but in one of the things that, that I think isn't stressed enough. And I know people, you know, uh, not only burnout, but how burnout can also go alongside, you know, you know, post-traumatic stress. That's true. That's, that is true. That is especially, uh, you know, and I know, I mean, I was like this 
for a long time. You know, I thought I was one of that, one of those rare, you know, that rare breed that was able to just see anything as nasty as it you could ever think of in front of my face and not have a problem with it. I thought I was one of those rare people that could just deal with anything. Because for the long time, I, I truly believe that, you know, because I, I could see just the most nasty of the nasty, you know, situations and I just pack it in and move on to the next. But the one thing that, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jason, the one thing that, uh, the one thing that I had to kind of come full circle with uh, was that, you know, after believing that for so long, you know, behind the scenes, that cup started getting full until it started to spill over to where, you know, a lot of that stuff you see over the years will start to spill over, you know, for a lot, for a lot of people in this line of work, you know, after a certain amount of time, even, I don't care how strong you think you are. I don't care, um, you know, how thick your skin is, you know, it most likely will happen if you are in this line of work after a certain amount of time. And for people that are just starting out in this, you know, I can't stress enough to just, you know, I'm not trying to scare anybody off, but just to accept that from the beginning, that that's a possibility. You know, I mean, some people are different. Some people, nothing phases out, nothing. But, you know, for a lot of people that think that, you know, nothing phases them, you know, they, they have a rude awakening after a certain amount of years when that stuff comes flooding back. Well, and also, yeah, there's always, I mean, the one thing I'll say kind of piggybacking off what you said is there is always a call. I don't care who you are. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how mentally strong you are, whatever, all that other nonsense. There's always going to be a call you're going to come across that is going to hit you. It's not going to hit me. It's not going to hit Bobby. It's going to hit you. And, and cause yeah. everybody's different and everybody has that trigger. You know what I mean? So if you're lucky and you get through a year, like Bobby said, like a year or two, and it, you know, you kind of like you know, push that down a little bit and you hold it in. There's always going to be one call. I've seen it thousands of times in my career where you see people that are like just ballers in the business and then they just lose it. I'm not saying they lose it like on a scene or anything like that, but like you can tell when they get back to the station, they need to like go home or they need to just like reset or whatever, you know, whatever that may be for them, you know, and it oh, does, yeah, cause my- it desensitizes you all this stuff. will. that's the other side effect that you kind of hit on. Like it desensitizes you from a lot of stuff, unfortunately, you know? Oh yeah. My, one of my old partners who to this day is still one of my brothers, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he had close to 40 years in and, um, uh, and, but he was one of those guys that, you know, never looked a day over 35. And, um, <laughs> he, he, uh, one, he's one of the strongest medics I know. And he, you know, got to a point where, I mean, he, even he admitted that he was one and forgive me for being, you know, kind of, you know, uh, intense here, but he even said that, you know, he was one child death away from losing it. You know, and I think it's important that especially people that are thinking about doing this, you need to understand that that's a reality. You know, that's, you know, some people are going to die and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do to save them. And you can do everything by the book and everything humanly possible to bring them back. And they're just not going to come back. Yep. And that's that's just the reality of it. And, you know, after having that happen to you numerous times in your career, that is going to affect you. And, but all I'm saying is, you know, just be aware of that when you get into this, that that's, that that's a possibility, you know, don't be, don't be afraid of it. Just, just don't try to push it aside and say that that won't happen to me because most likely 
you do that, yeah, that's going to happen to you. Yeah, I was. You're in this line of work long enough. Well, personal story for me, when I was early on starting off, you know, I, I experienced that kind of early on and I kind of caught myself and kind of surprised me and whatever. Um, where I had a, a, a cousin die, cousin, older cousin, and, and she passed away um, in a neighboring jurisdiction, you know, uh, right. it, it, that I knew of, like I knew about them and knew people that worked there and stuff like that. And when she passed away, and, I, and of course I found out about it, my initial response, not thinking at all, my initial response was not, oh, that's sad or anything like that. My initial response was, I wonder what trucks were there. I wonder what ambulances were there. I wonder what they did. You know, like, and it kind of scared me when I first, you know, after I, of course, went through it and then I felt sadness after that, whatever, all that stuff. But then later on, when I was like kind of evaluating, I was like, wow, that's kind of fucked up, you know? Like, yeah. my initial response wasn't, oh, my cousin died, who I knew and loved and everything like that. It was like, you know, it went to that other, it went to that, you know, like, I'm on the job almost, even though I was a volunteer or whatever, but it just kind of made me feel like that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You know, and what Jason and I have been saying also kind of leads up to, you know, one of the most valuable tools you can have when situations like this may happen. Like, you, you have a long career and you start to, you know, those issues that you thought you packed down deep start to resurface, you know, the best thing you can do is talk about it, you know, talk about it with the people that you work with, talk about the people that, that, you know, you feel comfortable with that, you know, will understand, you know, because they've been there. Oh yeah. If you know paramedics, they always have, you know, whatever they do, as far as whatever part of the field they're in, they always have a sounding board. You have to. That's why after a bad call, like say, and forgive me for being intense and vulgar, like say you have a bad you know, car accident where you have, you know, you know, everybody in the car is gone and there are four kids in there, you know, that's going to affect you. Yep. And that's where debriefing after that call, even debriefing a month later or several times or more than several times is going to help you tremendously because, you know, you're better off dealing with that. You know, you know, strength is in numbers, you know, it's better to have a good support system than to, you know, try to deal with that by yourself. Well, and that's, it's one of the things when, when I was, uh, you know, in the field and I, I trained a lot of people throughout my career or whatever, in various like driving and being a medic and being an EMT and all that stuff. Um, one of the things I always liked my trainees or new guys or new girls or whatever to experience, and this is again, going to sound morbid, but listen up, um, was seeing your first dead body. I know that's really morbid to think about, but I went through it myself. I know I still remember to this day as a brand new EMT, I'm certified, I'm on the trucks, I'm doing things, and we got punched for a call, which is me and my partner, and we get there and it's a, a CPR, you know, CPR in progress, whatever, and we start doing the, the, the stuff we do, you know, and we're pumping and blowing all the stuff, and after, and I, I, was, I was new, obviously, so I was in charge of airway, so I'm getting the stuff out, and I remember I, I just stopped, I just froze, or half a second, you know, or whatever, two seconds, whatever it was. And my partner looked at me and he goes, he was like, dude, you all right? I was like, yeah. And he's like, snap out of it. Let's go. You know, and then it went right back to training and it was all robotic after that and getting everything you need to done. So, and, and I've been there with my friends who later on in my career also got into the fire department and I experienced with them. And I remember like my buddy, shout out to Todd. I remember Todd uh, seeing the guy and we were starting to do a code, whatever. I'd been in the business for, I don't know, let's say five years at that point or whatever. And um, he got there and he just stopped, you know, same kind of thing. We're having him do the airway because that's usually the good start for everybody to start with. And he's starting to get that stuff and he just stops. And I go, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a dead guy. I was like, yep, it sure is. 
and he, he's still going to be dead unless we try to help him out. You know what I mean? And then, and then he snapped out of it, same thing, and went back into it. So I think that's a lot of something that a lot of people need to experience or unfortunately need to experience early on so that later in your career, and again, unfortunately, it doesn't phase you as much and you can do your job, if that makes sense. Yeah, the, the sooner you start to accumulate the tools to deal with later on, you know, when later on comes, if it does, you know, you'll be better, you know, equipped to handle, you know, certain situations and, you you know, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally, you know, because it's, uh, like I said, and, and you know, as well as I do, Jason, when you start on this line of work, I mean, you, 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 you put on that tough exterior, like, you're like, fuck it, man, I can handle anything. You know, it's like, a, it's not going to phase me. Right. You know? I was like that, you know, I was and too. of course I was like that for a long time, you know, I mean, I, and like I said, until it happened to me years later. And, um, but like I said before, and I don't mean to keep repeating myself, that's where a good support system, whether it's, you know, your station family or, you know, your personal family or, you know, friends, or especially friends that have gone through the same similar experiences in this type of job are the best people to talk to because they know and they've been there and, you know, it's, I can't stress that enough, you know, just, you know, be aware that that's a possibility if you're thinking about starting on this line of work. Yeah. And you'll realize real quick in EMS and fire that the, uh, your community, I don't care if you're talking like in your state, in your County, in the United States, it's actually a really small community. Um, I know in my career, I, I ran into things and, you know, different places and people are talking about people in different places and I knew them but I didn't even live in the same state, but I knew them from different passive lives that we crossed paths or I heard about them or they knew a friend of mine or whatever. So I agree, like having, not only having a support system, like your wife, your girlfriend, whatever you're into, you know, but um, also your EMS people, you have to have someone that can relate to the actual stresses. Cause like my wife, when I would come home and tell her about stuff, she would definitely be supportive for sure. Um, but she doesn't understand it from the, first person point of view and going through it and being there, you know, not that she's like ignorant of that, but she just doesn't understand it. She can't do it. But when you talk to a medic person, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I bet that was rough, dude. You all right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's good to right. have it on both sides, I think. And I agree. Like, you know, cause I totally agree. And with my wife, I mean, I, I, I can't give her props enough. I mean, my wife wasn't aware of a lot of the aspects of this business, but she was, she could, pick up on things that certain people i mean i was impressed like she she would pick up on certain behaviors of mine and she would be like you know she would put two and two together and be like you need to talk to somebody you know and uh you know because you know things happen you know and you know in this line of work depending on how you handle stress i mean a lot of people tend to drink more you know it they they you drugs know. unfortunately too you know yeah, not myself yeah. but i know people that have had that problem too with it same thing with law enforcement same thing man you see all that and stress not, all day you know we're not yeah we're not trying to you know sound negative we're just you know being unscripted we're just trying to you know you know we don't want anything you know left out well and the and, know, the, and the funny thing is too like you know a lot of people it's the same thing with police officers and law enforcement same thing everybody thinks that you know Every day, every single call you go on is the one you see on the news or the one you see in a movie or the one you see in like my favorite show of all times, paramedics, which isn't any uh, on the, on the, on the air anymore, but it's basically like cops 
you know, everybody knows what the show cops yeah, was it was about. a good show. Yeah. But it was just like, same thing, but you're on an ambulance and you're seeing all the stuff they run. And of course they're not going to show you the, the, um, you know, get, go somewhere, get a patient refusal because someone's toe hurts or whatever. They're not going to, cause that's not going to get good ratings. So they're going to show you the good stuff. So a lot of people think we do that all the time. And a lot of people that get in the field think we do that kind of stuff all the time. And it's, it's not. So you have little breaks in between, but then other days you could have, you know, three or four hard calls in a row. Like I know a girl when I, where I worked before that she was a, a, a awesome paramedic, like really, really highly skilled, very good at her job. And I remember she ran back to back, um, pediatric CPRs and that was it. She came home. She came back to the firehouse was obviously, you know, you could tell was like not dealing with it very well for obvious reasons. And, she, right. and they, the chief came and talked to her and then sent her home for the day, you know, because you have to do that. You have to have time to reset. And everybody has to reset their own way. You know, obviously I talked to her, you know, when we were there, but then obviously when she goes home, I'm sure she had other support systems back there too, you know? So everybody has to deal with that, man, no matter how baller you are in this business. And everybody's going to deal with it differently. Yeah. You know, like I said, everybody has their own way or, or will find their own way and, you know, some better than others, you know, but it's, it's, it's a reality of this line of work. You know, we just thought we needed to, to stress that, you know, just give every aspect of it, you know, good, bad, ugly. Well, and that, and, yeah. And that's why there is like kind of going back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. That's why, that's why there is burnout in the business. Because oh, yes. when, when your when your career, same I would imagine same as law enforcement, when your career is seeing the for us for law enforcement a lot of times it's the bad side of people. For us, it's the bad situation, not necessarily bad people, but it it's the bad situation. You know, we're seeing people during the heart attack, we're seeing people at their most vulnerable. Um, and when that when you just keep doing that and doing that and doing that, you know, you never go to the call where it's like, Hey, I just wanted to say, hi, uh, I'm doing great. And, uh, I have no illnesses or injuries whatsoever. Thanks for coming out. You never have those calls, you know? Right. So it's nice to like, understand that too. And that's why people do. I know for my, for my personal experience, I had to step out of the business for like a few months when I started early on, because I was like, wow, you know, like, okay, I need a little mental break, you know, and then get back in. I didn't lose my certs or anything like that, but just had to take a couple months off just to clear my head and then get back into it. And sometimes that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I was proud of it. And I can tell you too, once, uh, um, once I did retire after 20 years of doing this, um, it's different. Like you, you realize, you don't even realize when you're in the business, even though you think you do, or at least from my experience, when you get out of the business, you realize how, how stressed you were, even though you don't experience, don't notice it while you're actually experiencing, experiencing it. It's kind of weird. See, that's, that's one thing I haven't experienced yet as far as, uh, you know, since I'm still actively in it, you know, not retired yet. That's, uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a unique, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out. It's a unique way of life. Cause that's what it kind of turns into, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's not a job that defines you or it's not a job that it's, it's, it's a job that defines you to a certain extent because, you know, it appreciates humanity. To, to do this job, you know, or at least I hope. <laughs> yeah. And see, I, and like, but, I see, I feel like kind of a little bit opposite of you to me. It definitely consumed me like when I was in it. Cause I, I, now that I've retired, I see that now I didn't see that in, in the end of it. You know what I mean? Cause I always thought I was, oh, I'm a paramedic, but on my days off, I'm just Jason and I do whatever I want to do, you know, play hockey or whatever. But now I look back and I'm like, wow, because you don't realize, and maybe you're, you're, you're obviously not there yet. Cause you're, you're still active in the business. Like, when even when you're off duty, you're still kind of a paramedic. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably just at that. I'm probably just still telling myself that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because and well, it also depends. Like, I lived I lived in the jurisdiction that I worked in, so that's a right. lot different. Because yeah, I'm off duty, but 
if, you know, if I come across something or someone needs help, I can step in, uh, and, and help out or I, you know, and I kind of always feel that urge to help out or call nine one or whatever, help people out and, you know, till the people that are on duty get there or stuff like that. So it can kind of consume you to that point. And then as you get into your personal life, like with my wife and my kid and stuff like that, like you kind of become like daddy paramedic, you know, a little bit with stuff, you know what I mean? So it kind of, it's kind of weird, but then when you step out of it, you're like, man, that was a lot, you know? So it kind of changes your identity. And it's funny because my buddy, Dan, who like, I give him a shout out before and a shout out again, Dan, who got me into this business. Um, when I retired, of course, you know, everybody was on Facebook then and still, a lot of people still are. And I, I did a little retirement, uh, post when I was retiring the like the end of my last shift, you know, I was getting up in the morning, I'm going home in about 20 minutes. And, uh, it was just kind of like a final farewell to the business and the, and the, and the job that I had. And, uh, that buddy of mine, Dan actually wrote me a, a post on there. that was like, Hey man, keep your head up. It's going to be okay. You know? Cause he did, he had the same thing. He was retired, um, from Baltimore city and stuff like that. Now he doesn't do EMS anymore. And, and he was telling me, yeah, it's rough at first, but you'll get, you know, you'll, 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 at first you'll miss it and stuff like that. And you'll want to get in there and do stuff, but eventually it gets better and you kind of move on in life. You know what I mean? Right. And you know, some people will retire and go on to do, you know, something else within the field but then there's some people that they're like screw it i want to be i want to do something completely different you know in my retirement or as a retirement job and but yeah. i think the other the other i mean that's what know, i did I, I retired and i yeah. did i went into real estate which is still helping people obviously you're helping people with the biz, biz, biggest transaction of their life um but not in a medical way you know what i mean right. and then i do travel agent stuff like that st- same idea still helping people with stuff so i still have that helping people tree but definitely not in the same line of work anymore. You know what I mean? Exactly. That being said, brother, I think, uh, I think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, yeah. So let's wrap this up. So, uh, this has been the second edition of paramedics unscripted. Bobby, you want to say anything to the peeps before we get out of here? Yeah. Uh, for everybody listening out there, we didn't mean to get too in depth in certain areas, you know, of, uh, of this field, but we just wanted to start off with, you know, covering certain bases, you know, for people that aren't, aware of certain aspects of this business so we just kind of if we went too in depth you know i apologize but that's what we fucking do yeah and for anybody out there that wants uh you know wants to reach out to us or you know anything like that or has questions or anything you can uh you can email us directly at paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com so if you have an idea something you maybe want us to talk about or something you want us to go into more detail about maybe you have a question maybe you're about to get in the business and you just have some questions shoot us an email at paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com. And otherwise, Bobby, do you have anything else or are you done? Yeah, one more thing. Or with the people emailing, you know, if you have a unique experience that you've had in this line of work, definitely tell us, man. We'd love to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because there's yeah. like where everything's on the table, like we kind of said in our show. Um, that's the premise of our show. So we're up for talking about anything and, you know, EMS people, fire people, police, same thing. We all love telling stories. So it's always cool to hear everybody's different point of view and everybody, like we've said through this whole thing, we all have different points of view on how we experience it ourselves versus maybe how Bobby experienced or how I experienced or how you might experience it, you know? And if we tend to drop too many F bombs, we apologize. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> off. We don't give a shit. All right, man. <laughs> that's the end of the week. That's the end of the podcast. Number two's in the books and we will see you next week on paramedics. Unscripted.